welcome to the Switch Island Desert Island Cartridges episode 24. I am your host Ben and my glamorous assistant for today is Mikey Boo Boo. How you doing Mike? How's it going? Yeah I like that new title. My glamorous, glamorous assistant. assistant. Yeah works yeah, for Obviously me. if the listeners could actually if your listeners could actually see you at the moment uh, they'd know that that was a massive lie because you are wearing what looks to be I don't know, an old lady's dressing gown or something? Oh, cheers. I thought it was quite a fashionable jumper. But, yeah, we'll take Mate, your I'm, I'm the wrong. I am the wrong person to judge fashion I've, I've, sense. I I've heard it described it. as um, a fisherman's attire. So, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't fish, but there you go. You don't, you do, you've got a fisherman's beard at the moment as well. Yeah, that's, Just that's looking more at you, out of... I can, uh, you, <laughs> that's more out of laziness than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Lovely. Uh, but no, good to have you. I'm glad you've uh, pulled yourself away from your PS4 to remember you're on a Nintendo podcast. Well done. We can't, we can't talk about that, mate. It's blasphemous, remember? Congrats. No, we, I mean, we you talk about it every episode. I know, I know. I just get shit for it. You know, <laughs> rightly so, rightly so. Um, okay, well, before we introduce today's guest, I just want to say a quick thank you to our lovely patrons uh, our page, who support us over on patreon.com forward slash the switch island um we're not going to go down all the names because there's way too many um but yes thank you all for all of your contributions and for making all this possible thank you patrons mean a lot yes thank you and if you're uh, not one of our patreon supporters do consider it because there are countless benefits none of which i can remember and none of which i've noted down this is why we need andrew on the pod i know he bailed at the last minute didn't he so that's um the patron Yeah, so manager. it's all Andrew's fault. If this is a disorganised mess, blame Andrew. Tweet him, at Oddman84. Mm, blame Andrew, that's my life philosophy. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, let's crack on with the proper podcast. And another super organised man who uh, we could learn a thing or two from is the reviews editor at NintendoWorldReport.com. And that's Jordan Rudek. How are you doing, Jordan? I think you guys have uh, set me up to fail here with all this all this praise you're heaping on me, Ben. So I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> I was, no I was thinking, uh, Yeah, I know, right? I, I was thinking when you guys were when you were mentioning the uh, the patrons and you know, all the benefits you get. Like one of the benefits is you could uh, upgrade Mike's wardrobe, so you stop uh, ragging exactly. for a second there, right? Yes. So it's a that, good idea. Yeah. yeah, you can be my Number own personal one. stylist. <laughs> Buy Mike a razor. Yeah. <laughs> Or a, or a fishing rod, I guess, because you said it looked like he was a fisherman or something. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I w- I'd settle for a pack of fishermen's friends, but, you know, I'll go with that. Mm. Uh, w- wouldn't we all? Yeah. Oh, delicious. Um, but anyway, Jordan, thank you for joining us today. Um, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with you and your work, do you want to just give us a quick uh, elevator pitch about what, what it is that you do? Sure, yeah, no problem. Um, so I've been with Nintendo World Report for about a year and a half, two years or so. Um, uh, I do a lot of review work there, uh, so small games, larger games. I'm doing uh, written reviews, video reviews for us. Uh, I'm also on the Thirsty Mage podcast uh, with David Lloyd, a fellow reviews editor at uh, NWR. He, uh, the two of us, and uh, rotating... Uh, uh, cavalcade of guests we talk about rpgs so uh we mm. recently talked about the the last story uh from uh one of the oh, few we rpgs <laughs> oh yeah you know yeah I, 
<laughs> if you, if you, if you're trying to spoil the the lead here a little bit, but I I wasn't a, I wasn't a huge fan. So if you want to you want to debate me on Twitter, you could do that later. But uh, yeah, we've got a, an episode on that one. Uh, we're doing we're recording a Pokemon um, Sword and Shield episode tomorrow, so that'll be posting soon. And yeah, I like to play a lot of RPGs, but also a lot of uh, smaller games as well for um, for review and just for fun as well. Mm, and you uh a couple of those smaller games as you say um you've reviewed recently for nwr i think the tourist and yep. children of mortar yeah that's right those, a couple those are, that you've done yep uh those are two um the tourist was really good uh, that's by shinnin uh it's got a kind of a 3d voxel style to it and you're kind of running around mm. these beautiful uh, uh island settings that's so that's a really cool one so you can check out that review um Is that, um, that, that all that seems like a technical marvel that game i know shinin are kind of notorious for just getting the most out of hardware but that i think isn't the file size like 200 meg or something yeah 213 megabytes or something really really tiny like that and it's really cool like people are finding it's not the first game on switch to come out and be you know really really small file size compared Mm. to what the game experience is right uh witcher 3 was another one where they compressed the hell out of that and it's a super small cartridge now or download compared to what the the ps4 or the xbox versions would be right so uh we're seeing we're seeing that a lot now i'm just really impressed with i know because uh shinin did fast rmx and that was under a gig as well that's that's right that's right what is this witchcraft that they're using it seems like nintendo know how to do it on their first party games and shin and the drinking from the same cup somehow but mm-hmm. genius, yeah i mean genius. it's an, and it's you know 60 frames per second just full of color full of like bright lights cool shadow effects and stuff like that like the tourist is really one of those vi- like to me it's very visually impressive like very striking you see that game and it's a little it's a little bit on the short side but it's fun and it's just mm. just awesome to look at yeah, I'm. I'm going to have to pick that up. I mean, you've already. Basically, it was your review of Children of Morta that uh, made me pick that up day one yeah. as well. So um, right on. Yeah, you're 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 making me spend a lot of money here, George. Um, well, you know, you can stop reading what I write, man. But I, you know, I don't want to. Encur- <laughs> I don't want to encourage the listeners to do that. So <laughs> well, just keep just keep pumping those tires. Yeah, Children of Morta was really good. Like I, I thought that was going to be more like a Zelda type game. But it's mm. actually more like Diablo or Gauntlet or something like that. Like it's it's more of a dungeon crawler, and yeah, I was I was so surprised by that game as well. Brilliant. Just which one? Too uh, many which, games. Which one do you prefer? Because obviously they're both getting such high praise at the moment, um, yeah. and they're both very very different games. Uh, which yeah. one do you think you got the most fun out of? Value for money. Which would you recommend? Yeah, I that's a good question, either. Mike. They're, I mean, they're such different games, but I think just in terms of value for your money, maybe Children of Morta, mm-hmm. there's definitely more to do there. It's going to take you longer to get through that game. Uh, a little bit more variety to it as well, because like, you play with different characters who have different abilities, different skill trees. And even though the, the kind of the, it's, it's roguelite, right? Like you're, you're running through a dungeon, uh, making incremental progress and then coming back when you're stronger and, and then finally getting through the bosses. But yeah, to me, there's something about that, the pixel art of uh, Trilogy of Morta, and I, I'm a big pixel mm. art guy, Like that, that's that. I think that stuck with me a little bit more than uh, The Tourist, but, you know, two really strong games to wrap up 2019 for us. Brilliant. And and as well as doing uh, reviews and, and bits and bobs, and um, you, uh, you also do not just Thirsty Mage, but you're also quite a regular guest on uh, Talk Nintendo. 
Yeah, so I've, I've, I it's been a little bit of a little bit of a break since I've been on with them, but yeah, I, I tried to do a bunch of episodes around E3. We did a predictions episode. Mm. Me, uh, Casey, and Perry did like a little contest, and uh, of course, oh, I, lo- yeah. I I lost my predictions. I I think we <laughs> we ended up having a tie between me and. Perry, I think, or me and Casey. I don't remember which one, but... Uh, what was your then, punishment in the end? <laughs> so, I, my punishment was I had to play through and review the original Luigi's Mansion on GameCube. Right. And, I, and I'd never played it before, so like I, I think I might have played a little bit when I first had a GameCube, but I'd never finished it or anything like that. So, I ended up doing a full review of the game, and I, yeah, it's a I kind of enjoyed it a fair bit. Yeah, actually. I was going to say, is that yeah. a punishment? Is that? Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people would love that. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Well, you you guys know Casey and Perry pretty well, and like their the, their versions of punishment are obviously going to be something pretty fun. So yeah, uh, I mean Casey <laughs> yeah. Casey just had to stream uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the original game. Like I I don't think that's yeah. a punishment either. Not so. at all. Not no. at no, all. No, but knowing knowing how he how he feels about Sonic, that's kind of a punishment. That's true. That's him, true. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, uh, actually, we did. Casey wanted uh, to send you this message. Actually, um, oh no! So he sent this audio message. Okay, uh, let's have a quick listen. Nerd. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's Casey's message to you, Jordan. Anything you want to say back to him? I mean, I'm I'm not going to pretend I'm not a nerd. Like I I play video games constantly. <laughs> I play board games. I'm into Star Wars and Marvel and all that stuff. Like it's a guilty yeah. as guilty as charged, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think we can all hold our hands up and say we're all nerds around here. It doesn't right. feel like the insult that it used to be. <laughs> no, th- no, it's, it's, it's definitely flipped around a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is, like, yeah, I. I no problem being a nerd but like i i watch football i like hockey like i'm into sports yeah. too so it's you know you can you can kind of enjoy everything nowadays maybe you're a yeah, nerdy it jock that, I, that's it that's exactly. it exactly it was that moment on uh, a couple of episodes ago on the thirsty mage wasn't it when you were talking about um was it that a lord of the rings board game and then you made it a multiplayer or, oh, was, uh, was game, game of thrones game of thrones that was game. Yeah, yeah 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 game of thrones yeah that's yeah. right yeah, yeah the, that's, the original he dropped it, didn't he? The original version of that game is seven players, but my friends and I were so into it that we ended up making our own like nine or twelve person version of the game. So God. you know, we really really went all out on uh, <laughs> just kind of making it our own. I guess we went to this print shop and got the whole board printed out. So we had this; it filled up like a massive table, right? But yeah, I digress. Brilliant. That is dedication. Um, yeah. But yeah, actually, speaking of the thirsty mage, I think that's probably my favorite. Uh, new podcast that I've you know subscribed to in the last few months. I've oh, thank of, you very much. This, thank you for this that. year, I've kind of found myself finally getting into RPGs. Yeah, and that's been quite a nice companion podcast to that. So the you know the one uh, I can't remember if you were on it or not, but there was one that was focused on Dragon Quest. Oh yeah, Dragon Quest was one of my b- favorite titles. I mean, I I did a bunch of work with uh, comparing the oh, 3D and the course. 2D version. Yeah, um, and I also put together a full series retrospective uh, on our on our YouTube channel NWR TV. So if you're if you're really interested in Dragon Quest or you're just kind of starting out, you know, those are good mm. videos to watch. I think Dragon Quest Eleven was a great entry point for new players as well because it's super accessible. Well, exactly, and it and it has been my entry point into the series, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm playing through it. I'm about forty five hours into it at the moment, oh, and nice, absolutely loving it. Yeah, fantastic. I game. picked up the demo when it when it dropped, and um, 
so much about it caught my attention and I really loved it. The visual style is amazing and you mm. can already see even just from the demo the the beginnings of an incredible story which is obviously JRPGs are, are very well known for. Um, but I think we had this this discussion before. It's the battling system that I couldn't yeah. get mm-hmm. past. Uh, specifically the fact that you can move around in the little battles but it doesn't actually seem to matter maybe it, it does doesn't later. do anything yeah it does you know and i can <laughs> yeah. run away from an enemy's attack but it's going to hit me no matter where but actually ben we were talking about this the other day and you said that you've now started playing it just with uh auto attack on um and I that's actually yeah. that's actually just uh, knowing that you can do that has sort of made me think oh maybe i'll pick it up actually because uh just put it down watch some tv while the slimes are being defeated or whatever is it slimes? Mm. Are they slimes? I feel like they are cool. slimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that—that right. that was Mike. You mentioned the demo. That was a sizable demo. Like probably it was. one of the biggest yeah, demos we've we've ever seen. It really is. Yeah. You 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 kind of you. It's it's longer than a lot of games on the eShop. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, for sure. But I um, think that's uh, such an important cool. thing for RPGs, though. I think you, it needs to be a sizable demo because yeah. you can't get the full feel of it. I think the Octopath demo sold me on it as well. That was about mm-hmm. a three-hour demo, wasn't it? And that was all good, that prologue, and that con- mm-hmm. convinced me to buy the game. And uh, and yeah, I think, I think it's the way to go for RPGs to really get anyone that's on the fence off it yeah i I agree with you i think i think these longer games really benefit from that because you you know if you're if you're new to the dragon quest series if you've never played a dragon quest game before the demo is a great place to show you exactly what it's all about you get enough of Mm. the the story the characters and the battle system to really have a good feel for what's coming next yeah excellent well look we could sit here and talk about uh you know we New could games all, all day long <laughs> quite, quite frankly we might yeah. just have to get you on another podcast just for that we'll do um that, yeah. but we do need to get down to brass tacks and you are here to try and enter a game into the coveted desert island cartridges an elusive award that allows only the best games into an exclusive all-inclusive club uh now jordan you know you've yes. played millions of games probably just this year um have you got any honourable mentions or any that came close to being your your overall pick that you'd just like to give a shout out to? Sure. So I I, I was having a look at the list and going back to some previous episodes of uh, the podcast to see like okay what have people been submitting? Um, and one one honourable mention or one game that I was I would have submitted if it hadn't been was uh, a link to the past. Uh, a mm-hmm. link to the past is still probably my favourite Zelda game, although Breath of Breath of the Wild is right there. Uh, I think there may be one, two for me. Um, but to me, it, it had to be a Super Nintendo game. Like, it's the console that I gravitate towards the most. Um, you mentioned, Ben, on the uh, Ask Me Anything episode, uh, Super Nintendo is your desert island console. And, you know, I'm totally yep. with you there. Um, it, I just man. have the fondest memories of the Super Nintendo. Like, I, I had a huge lineup of games. Uh, every time there's been a virtual console, like from the Wii to the 3DS, I've always wanted to buy Super Nintendo games just to have them, you know? Mm. Um, even if I'm re- rebuying uh, Super Mario World for the 10th time, you know, I'm happy to do that because those games, to me, they, they still hold up so well. So yeah. a, a Link to the Past would have been mine. A Super Mario World would be another one. Like, it, it's, it, it's those really seminal Super Nintendo games 
Uh, 16-bit, man. I'm all, I'm all about that graphical style, too. So e even if we're getting new eShop games, 8-bit, 16-bit, I love that throwback visual style. So I'm happy yep. to keep seeing that. Beautiful. Okay, mm -hmm. well, with that in mind, then, what is your, uh, your ultimate pick for your Desert Island cartridge? Yeah, so, uh, of course, it's the game I, I, hadn't, I haven't named yet of the uh, Super Nintendo uh, classic games, and that's uh, Super Metroid. Super Metroid. Metroid. Yeah, have you guys both? You guys have both played Super Metroid before. I have not. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. No, some, you can sell it to me. We're gonna do some convincing <laughs> on the podcast today. <laughs> that I think. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead, Jordan. What? Why Super Metroid above yeah. all else? Sure. So, Super Metroid to me is. I, I mean, I, I hate to use the idea of a perfect video game, but to me, there's nothing about Super Metroid that I would change. I think that the product that it is, the experience that it is, is exactly what I want it to be, what it should be. Uh, mm. It's it's a game that can, you can finish, uh, you know, speedrunners finish it in under an hour. You can you can take 10 to 15 hours to finish it or longer if you want to find all of the secrets it holds. But I think every time you go back, you can find something new in this game. You can find a new area you've never been to, a new strategy for defeating one of the bosses, uh, a, new, a new way to just to go through the whole game faster than you did before. Um, to me, it's this always changing package, I guess. Like I, I just, I, I was saying to Ben before we started recording, um, I just, I like literally twenty minutes ago, just finished a, another playthrough of the game, uh, and it might have been the first time I finished it in under three hours. And when you finish it. Uh, my, my clear time was 2.55. When you finish it under three hours, you get a slightly different uh, cinematic or a uh, little kind of ending image, I guess. Oh. It's the one where Samus appears uh, in just a bikini, in a black bikini, and she unfurls her hair. And like, uh, you know, the, it, it, it's I kinda, it's, heard about that. Right? I always thought that was a cheat code that you had to put in. I always yeah, figured and, that was, but it's just a, a test of skill almost. That's right. Is yeah, and I think <laughs> with the it, ultimate reward, <laughs> it's a th it's, oh yeah, it's a, definitely something you want to shoot for. <laughs> but it's a it's a throwback to the original game, right? The first Metroid game, I think, had a similar thing where you complete it under a certain amount of time, and you would see Samus in a bikini, or, or yeah, mm. yeah, Samus ran in a bikini. Um, the thing I think the thing you're thinking of, Mike, is you could maybe put in a password. In the original yeah, game, yeah, something like and that. Yeah, yeah. Might, I, I say that cheap, open but that back up. then it would have been they would have had a section to put in a password or whatever. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. They did, we weren't doing battery backup saves yet, so I think it was just a password you could put into to access uh, uh, that that same image at the end of the game as well, no matter what. I your like time the was, idea maybe. of it being more of a reward for skilled players, though. I think that that works better. For sure, like it, just just knowing that you got, in theory, the best possible ending, regardless of what it is, it's something you can aim for when you're playing the game. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's, there's, I think there's three different endings you can get depending on what your clear time was. And I, I didn't, I, I was trying to kind of run through it for this playthrough. I didn't have a lot of time before we recorded today, um, but I, I was happy to end up under three hours, knowing I would, knowing I would find out uh, uh, or see that that ending image. So that was kind of a neat thing to see, but. Yeah, to me, Super Metroid is just that game you can keep coming back to, and it's always a little bit different, but always also thoroughly satisfying to play. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? This is, Have you ever, you know, you kind of mentioned you can attack it almost however you want. Have you mm -hmm. ever done 
can't you do a kind of reverse boss run almost and just take the bosses on in in any order that you want yeah i've yeah. i've i've seen stuff like that like i've seen it being done but i i don't think i have the skill level to pull it off i think mm. some of the some of the maneuvers and jumping and uh movement in the game you need to do to access areas early uh, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know that I have the time or patience to pull them off. But, <laughs> I, I, but again, like you, you point out something like that. It's a cool feature of a game like this where you don't have to play it in a linear style. You can kind of go wherever you want if you have the capability to do that, right? Yeah, and it seems like I don't know. It, it seems like that's almost deliberate that the developers put that in that you can almost almost break the game. I don't For think sure. it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that this was like, you know, at the forefront of speed running. This is the seminal speed running game. I think. Yeah, it, so. yeah. I, I had it in my notes too. Like this is the during awesome games done quick and summer games done quick. The Metroid block and especially this game, all the events they do with Super Metroid uh, speed running the game. Uh, everyone is tuning into those, right? I think they they, they make mm. tons of their money that they're donating to charities off of the Super Metroid events, like the the races and the. Um, uh, one co- cool thing that I've, I've seen recently, I, I don't know if it's a newer thing, is this randomizer that they do with Super Metroid and A Link to the Past, yeah. where they kind of yeah. kind of splice the games together, and you're finding items from Link to the Past in Super Metroid and vice versa, and so you oh, wow. you're warping back and forth between the games. Uh, from, from So if I, I go to a portal in A Link to the Past, maybe instead of going to the Dark World, I go to Super Metroid. And so you're, you constantly keep flipping back and forth between those two games. And it's just it just boggles my mind that people could put mm. together something like that. But I guess it speaks to the nature of Super Metroid that, yeah, you can play it in any way. The, you can maybe collect the items in a different order or skip a bunch of the items. Um, I was saying uh, somewhere, or maybe just writing down in my notes, you can finish this game with only collecting 15% of the items. And if, I guess if right. you're speedrunning it, the not collecting only the bare minimum is a huge part of that, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just love those elements. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it's It just makes it... Um, I suppose that's where the longevity of the game comes in. Because, you know, the, the fact that you can attack it differently, but that uh, the, also the um you know we have to touch on the the presentation of the game itself mm-hmm. and how and what a big jump it was from the original two metroid games and sure you know the atmosphere that they managed to create with the just the sound alone yeah and, uh you know that that's definitely a massive part of its charm isn't it and you can you can see that um those allusions those references throwbacks to the original alien movie right where it's yeah. kind of borrowing from that uh, that movie, that sense of isolation and tension that's created in the game uh, in so many in so many of the different areas. Um, even just the beginning of Super Metroid, where you get flashbacks to key events from the previous two games. It actually shows Samus defeating Mother Brain in the first game, and then mm. in the second game, where she's defeating all the Metroids and she rescues uh, uh, a lone Metroid to take back to so the scientists can do research on it. You get little cutscenes at the beginning of Super that show off those events. So even if you've never played the first two games, and I think a lot of people hadn't played them, you do get a little bit of context for where the third one slots in that story. And there's a little bit of... Um voice acting at the beginning as well as a tiny little uh i forget what it is but there's a famous line that 
right at the beginning before that intro sequence in the third so, game yeah i can't even remember yeah, what it is ben i think you're like, right the last metroid was defeated yes blah, 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 yes the, the last the last the metroid is, is in captivity like the galaxy is at peace you're right thank yeah, you for thank you for reminding yeah. me I, yeah yeah and, and that and was something you wouldn't really see in this time either right exactly and it and it, you know, it sounds okay today. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind it of does, expect yeah. it to sound like kind of Streets of Rage muffled, like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, and it's, exactly. But it's actually quite clear. That, that yeah, was actually a really spot-on impression, Ben. I'm quite impressed with that. Oh, I've got more where that came from, mate. All oh, right, okay. But, we'll save them. Save them <laughs> for the Christmas special. Yeah. When you get to editing, you got to do the side-by-side, right? To play the Streets of Rage and then play Ben's version. It's, like, oh, it's exactly the same somehow. Yeah. Um, the other one. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit about oh. a little bit more about the beginning of the game, just because I was thinking about it a lot when I started uh, this playthrough. Um, so you get those flashbacks, and then you get the space station where the uh, I guess it kind of sets up the whole uh, story of the third game. You've dropped off the the Metroid, the captive Metroid from Super uh, from uh, Return of Samus uh, at this space station. They're going to do research on it, I guess. They've got a laboratory there, uh, and so you start the game there. It's kind of like a tutorial space. You don't really have any of your powers yet. You've just got your blaster, and you can, you can jump. Um, but you there's this tension of going through the space station. It's quiet. There's like a mist effect in some of the screens. You see dead bodies of scientists as you move through the laboratory just before you fight mm. Ridley. Uh, there's no one else here, right? And I, I noticed something funny. I took a screenshot of this. I got to share it on Twitter. Um, the scientists actually have blood on them, which I think was rare for uh, a first-party Super Nintendo game, ah. uh, Nintendo-developed game, to to have, right? So. Uh, we already had the uh, the Mortal Kombat controversy was a huge thing, but if you look very closely at the, the, the corpses of the scientists, there is bloody or red patches around them, and I never noticed wow. that before. What was the, no, I don't know how was that the rating? past the census. Yeah, what was the rating originally then? Because, I mean, now it's probably E or whatever, but back then... <laughs> I don't. No I don't think it was like an adults only or a mature one. No. Like maybe, T maybe like teen, a, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that might be right, Mike. I'm not well, sure. in the um, in the original version of this game, the uh, you know the the death sequence when when Samus dies and then her suit yeah. breaks open and, and she's in yeah. a bikini. Yes, underneath, uh, she was actually <laughs> naked when they first made it. Oh, is that and, right? <laughs> uh, and and she let out a kind of semi almost like she sounded a bit happy scream as well okay <laughs> so and that ended up uh not getting past censorship so they put her in a bikini and silenced the uh, uh or whatever the sound was Kel like shock that didn't yeah. get past the censors yeah yeah there is yeah. still a sound effect i think she makes or or the, a sound effect that happens it, it's not quite a a moan or, or a scream or something but there is they, they didn't remove it entirely i don't think mm. There is still some, there is some there. some sound effect that sounds like a, a woman is in distress of some kind. So, it, yeah, must it must have toned it down a bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so there there could be no doubt she is in distress. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's, that's the... so Jordan, I yeah. uh, I love Metroidvanias. It's one of my favorite mm. genres of games. Um, I think the Switch is a perfect platform for them. Sure. Uh, Hollow Knight was my game of the year when it came out. All that kind of stuff. Why? Should I go for as someone who has never played either of the of these sort of originals or the collections, but is really interested in them because of this newfound love of the genre? Why should I go for Metroid or Super Metroid rather over Castlevania? You know, they're two mm. halves of the same defining genre name. For Why sure. this over that sci-fi so, over fantasy? So 
the original Castlevania games, all the way up to the Super Nintendo entry, uh, Super Castlevania, those were still very much action platformers. So you didn't get um, the Metroidvania-type Castlevanias until the Game Boy Advance, if I'm not mistaken, and then there okay. were a bunch of entries on the DS. So mm-hmm. I guess the the one one easy answer for you, Mike, is that uh, Super Metroid is much more accessible than any of those games. Uh, we haven't really seen re-releases of the I think Egavania might be a good way to call them, right? Because they, they're right, they have okay. that that backtracking style and that exploration that the original Castlevania games didn't have, uh, and they they I think it's those Egavania games where you're collecting different items and stuff like that that are more in line with something like Super Metroid. But yeah, the problem is it's hard to get a hold of those games nowadays unless you have the original cartridges. Sure, um, sure, right? So that that's that's one thing. But the second thing is um, Super Metroid. I mean. I have to believe that the Egavanias also are referencing or uh, Igarashi himself had played Super Metroid. To me, it still feels like the original Metroidvania. Um, Mm. You didn't really have things... um, that came before this other than the, the, I guess the first game and maybe the second, but those ones are so obtuse and there's no map system to them at all. Mm-hmm. It's very rough to go back to the, uh, the first two Metroid games. This one, it's got all that quality of life and the gameplay as well. Yeah. I don't fancy having to like plot out the maps on graph paper and <laughs> work out how to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, I, throw sure... myself back to the eighties. I'm sure you could find someone who's who's done the maps and you could find them on Google or something like that, but it's still nice to have in Super Metroid. You just hit the start button and the map pops right up for you. Yeah, no, I can um, I appreciate yeah, that. For sure. Yeah. Um, you actually, and I nice think about Super Metroid is you actually find the maps in the game, kind of like Hollow Knight. You're not buying them from a character, mm. but you find rooms in each area that give you access to the map. And I guess one thing I was thinking about when I was accessing those rooms is you don't have to take the map if you don't want to. If you you wanted to make the game more difficult or you Mm. want to draw it out yourself, you could just ignore those map rooms and just keep going on your adventure, right? True. I'm not not recommending it, but uh, you (laughs) could do that. I mean, you'd be some kind of crazy person to do that. That's right. right. Potentially, you could. So Um, Mike Mike is going to play through it like that, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Bring on the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of pain, though, I do. My issue with uh, not necessarily this game, but games of this genre, and it sounds like we should call it just a Metroid like rather than a Metroidvania, really. I mean, it's a hot debate, isn't it? From what you said, Jordan, it sounds like Castlevania (laughs) is taking a bit of uh, credit that it perhaps doesn't deserve. I mean, Um, I'm not as familiar, to be fair, with the Igarashi or the the Igavinia games. I've I've, I've dabbled a little bit, but to me, Metroid is a game or a series I'm much more familiar with. So I I guess I'm more comfortable speaking with that. I mean, again, there's another podcast, right? The origins of Metroidvania and whether something is a Metroid or or a a Castlevania, I have no idea. (laughs) That's something else entirely, I think. Desert Island Semantics. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, sign me up um, for that episode because I'd, I'd be happy to talk to you guys about that. It'd be an interesting one. But yeah, my, as I was saying, my my kind of issue with these games is that, and I get that this is part of the appeal for some people, but the feeling of um, claustrophobia and mm-hmm. isolation and being completely lost. And I do get that. I got that from Hollow Knight and I do get it from Super Metroid as well. Mm. That just okay, right, where do I go next? And that, that I that's not something I necessarily enjoy. 
I've, mm. I've, I've learned. I, I don't really know why, but that feeling of being so enclosed and, okay, there's a, there's a wall there. I clearly need some sort of power up to get through it. So I'm firing all my different kind of missiles at it, and, you know, going into a morph ball. Nope, that doesn't work. And that, I don't know, that just kind of frustrates me. I've only bit. ever found that it's a problem if I uh, take a break from that game and go play something else and right. then come back and boot it up and I, I look at my character and go, where the hell am I? What am I doing? Where was I going mm. next? You know, what do I need? Um, yeah. So you need to, I think yeah. it's that, that feeling of sort of impending doom as well. Mm. that I need to I need to work this out quickly even though you're not on a timer other than the first sequence and I know mm-hmm. timers are a a bit of a trope in uh, Metroid games anyway that's right that's but, right uh, I do I, I don't know I just feel this immense pressure <laughs> when like I, 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 think, I think the game is doing that intentionally though right it's not this isn't something I, yeah, that's, that yeah. you you're you're feeling alone Ben the game is purposefully making you feel claustrophobic and tense and isolated mm. and and scared right scared about not knowing where to go or what to do again i i believe me i totally understand where that frustration comes from i think i've felt game uh playing similar games in this genre i've, I've felt that with hollow knight as well before mm. you get a lot of the movement power-ups and the abilities in hollow knight i I, w- I was frustrated as well i didn't know exactly where to go i think it's a little uh, even a little bit harder to figure out where to go next in a game like hollow knight compared to super metroid but to be fair it's all about kind of looking for visual clues and not not mm. firing missiles everywhere, but you know what you do. You use the. <laughs> I mean, you you could so you basically say not being in, not being an idiot, Ben. Just play it properly. Yeah. <laughs> be conservative. Be conservative, Ben. Not uh, don't destroy everything in sight. Um, you know what? It's all about using the morph ball bombs for me. Like I'm looking for yeah. places where it looks like there could be a wall behind here. Um, mm. and a big help for this is the map. If you have the map, you you see the little dots on the squares in the map, and that tells you there's a secret there. Or you see a blue area that you haven't explored on the map compared to the pink ones that you have. And to me, I go around and explore the areas that are connected to the blue parts, the blue hallways or the blue right. the blue uh, rooms with dots in them, because I know there needs to be a secret passage around here somewhere. And mm. th- th- another thing is you don't necessarily need to find the secret passages because often they just lead to something like a missile upgrade or an energy tank i think the game does a good job of pushing you to the things you absolutely need and the things you don't you do need to explore and maybe have a little bit more patience and look around for them yeah so i'm learning here i just Just be patient then just That's be all patient, it is. Ben. Just God. be patient. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a good life lesson, I suppose. <laughs> we learn we learn from <laughs> we learn from it this is. podcast and from Super Playing Super Metroid is that um, the the as you power up, you're meant to come back to areas that you mm. missed earlier or you didn't explore earlier, right? So there are some yeah. things you can't get very early on in the game until much much later after you've unlocked a you know the the space jump or the uh, uh, the power bomb or something like that, right? So you yeah. just know that it's okay to leave things unturned in the, for the meantime and just know, that, kind of make that mental note, okay, I, I should come back here later when I've got a few more things I can try out. I mean, it, the game gives you a, a cheat system later. It gives you the scanner and you can use a scanner to see yeah. what's behind the walls. So if at some point you're like, oh, okay, I've, I really have no idea. I'm completely stuck. Eventually you'll get an item that lets you solve that problem no matter what. 
Mm. No, fantastic. So, and, so and once, when once you, you get uh, that scanner, you can just look around. It shows you in the wall if you need a missile, if you need a power bomb, if you need to run through it, whatever it is. Yeah. When yeah. you mentioned the scanner there, that reminded me of... Um, Axiom Verge, which obviously yes, takes yes. massive influences uh, from this game, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you just caught the uh, indie world direct that was on just before we. I we did, started. yeah. I was hoping that would and, come uh, up. Axiom Verge Two, is yeah, on the horizon. That, that was a surprise. I mean, I, 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 the first game was so popular, you kind of expected it, but this seems mm. to be going in a very different direction. Yeah, it looks completely different, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Much kind about of that one. Uh, lighter, I thought, not quite as. Um, dark and foreboding as yeah you had some you had some outdoor areas and some mm. in, indoor ones as opposed to everything in axiom verge was very very metroid like right a lot of inside yeah. environments where you're feeling those small corridors absolutely and mm-hmm. yet another one where i felt claustrophobic and had to stop playing but <laughs> yeah. we'll move on from that um all right well that's, that's super metroid actually just a little bit of trivia for you guys okay. uh, on super metroid obviously this is widely regarded as you know, one of the greatest games of all time. But according to IGN's top 100, I want to know where you guys think this ranks in their top 100 games of mm. all time. If you had to guess, Mike, no do you want to go? Do you, so Mike, do you want to go first? Is, this is IGN, so I'm kind of expecting it to be a bit of a slap in the face. The answer. So um, <laughs> that's why Ben chose it, right? Yeah, exactly. This is my way of slapping you list. in the face, Mike. Yeah. Oh God, I, I don't, I don't know. Somewhere between, somewhere between forty and fifty. Though I feel it should probably be higher. Okay, Jordan. Yeah, I, I, I think that whatever I say, it should, it should be higher as well. So I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. I think. Uh, uh, not more conservative than Mike, more even more conservative than I would normally be here. I'm going to say like, yeah, maybe 30, 32 around there. Okay. Top third. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's higher up than that as in mm. closer to one. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I'm being too harsh on IGN here. <laughs> clearly, clearly it's actually number four. Wow. Wow. That's wow. yeah. quite a bit higher. That is awesome. Of all time. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I was I was honestly a bit shocked when I checked that myself. I thought it would be up there, but yeah, not quite. What's, uh, what's number one? So we've got Super Mario World at the top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Zelda: A Link to the Past number two. Oh, there, there you go, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. This is both this is literally list. both of your honourable mentions. That's right. That's a right. man of exceptional taste. Oh, thank you. Thank uh, <laughs> and then we've got Portal Two at number three, followed by Super Metroid, and then Breath of the Wild, another <laughs> potential call Ooh, of Jordan's at yeah. number five. So, Desert Jordan, Island where's cartridges? the love for Portal, man? So, I hold on. I need to close my IGN uh, browser window that I had open before we started recording here. <laughs> what are the best video games? <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, what is Ben going to ask me about? I have no idea. God. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Ben, just before, we, just before we go on to um, the food and drink, I, I do want to get mm-hmm. Jordan's perspective on uh, the Prime series because mm-hmm. I have actually played... Uh, you read my mind. You read a couple mind. of the Prime games, um, and specifically uh, Metroid Prime Four, which okay. I know has been mm. now been delayed. But you know, are you excited for that? Are you a fan of the Prime mm. series, or is it just something you completely gloss over? Yeah, yeah, different? good. It's a really good question, and I think it goes back to just my my general taste in video games is almost always skewed towards the two D 
even mm-hmm. you, you know i love rpgs but for me i'm all about the 2d rpgs versus the 3d ones and i guess i i, I think i'm like that with my my metroid games as well uh i love super metroid i like uh zero mission really good uh even fusion i know some people aren't as high on it i, I really like that game as well i've only played maybe a few hours total of the prime uh the prime games um i i Yes, yeah, I, I I think I like what they're doing, but for me it wasn't it didn't feel like Metroid because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm I, I the jumping around in a 3D space uh, to me the exploration felt more cumbersome and yeah I don't know I'm excited for the fourth one but just because maybe my tastes are different now or maybe I I feel I can get into it I'm also really excited for the potential of a Metroid Prime trilogy to be released on Switch I mean we've been hearing about that for a yeah. long time right. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's almost inevitable that I think they, they've probably had it ready for this yeah. year, I think, but they, you know, there's almost no point in releasing it until you're in the release window of, of Prime 4. Yeah, you've kind of yeah, got to, to be closer. Hype, so, for yeah, sure. I think yeah. once, once we see that trilogy, then we'll know that Prime 4 is but it's on the know, horizon. maybe a year away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I, I, yeah. I want to, I want to give the Metroid Prime games a fair shake. I want to try them more. When I, when I had a GameCube, I actually wasn't playing GameCube that much. It, it's not one of my favorite consoles. I, of, of, of all the the first four Nintendo consoles, I probably spend the least amount of time with that. I was a big a Super Nintendo fan, obviously. N sixty four, I played a ton of multiplayer games on that. But when the GameCube came out, um, to me, yeah, there just wasn't a lot that I was high on. I liked Rogue Squadron. Uh, we had Luigi's Mansion. I didn't really play it. Uh, and after Super Mario Sunshine, I, I don't, I can't really tell you many GameCube games I played, you know? Mm. So no for love me, for, yeah. um, for uh, Wind Waker? Yeah, I, I didn't play it. I, I actually wow. finished it for the first time on Wii U with the re-release. Okay. Yeah. Well. I Again, I think I was just not enamored with that console. I was probably doing a lot of PC gaming at the time. And that, yeah. that, that took up a lot of my space. I didn't really come back to Nintendo proper, uh, the consoles, really until the Wii U and the Switch. Like the even the Wii, like I had a Wii, of course, like everyone everyone did, but yeah. I wasn't I wasn't doing a lot of hardcore gaming on that. I, I was playing on my PS3 and my Xbox 360 at that time. I was I was always into the handhelds, like Game Boy Advance, DS, DS Lite. Like I I played a ton of portable Nintendo when those consoles were out. Did you play? Uh... Metro Prime Hunters on the DS. A little I was bit. Just about bit. to mention that that was my first experience with Metroid Prime. And oh, I really? Not, yeah. 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 That's an, that's I, enough it, to put you off. It didn't click with me. <laughs> no, me neither. It. I, I played the demo. I think that came with the original uh, DS, the fat version, right? The big gray one. Yeah. I think yeah. I played the demo. I don't know if I ever played the full version, but it, it just seemed like an oddity. Like, what? Why is this yeah. a Metroid game? You know, it's it, it's just an arena shooter. So. And kind why are you trying to make it 3D? This is clearly massively underpowered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, I mean, they, they really had no software at the launch of the DS, so they needed everything they could get, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Cool. All right. Well, that's that's Metro, Metroid uh, well and truly covered, I think. But we need mm-hmm. to get on to the important stuff, um, which is your food and drink choices, Jordan. Yeah. Um, so, will, you know, make a good choice sk- and... You can get on the can I start with my can I start with my drink because I'm a hundred percent on that one and the food I've been kind of flip flopping on I'm not a hundred percent sure about that so absolutely go okay, for it cool so um, I 
I've got a lot of stomach problems. Like, I, there's a lot of foods I can't eat anymore that I used to be able to. A lot of drinks that I would like to partake in, but I can't. Uh, the funny thing is, that, you know, I'm on the Thirsty Mage podcast. David likes to talk about a different beer he's drinking every episode. <laughs> and I'm literally never drinking beer because beer just wrecks my stomach. And I uh, have a very horrible night uh, after any time I drink beer. So uh, mm. I always bring something kind of... Uh, something sweet or something hot or something, you know, not, not necessarily alcoholic because uh, a, a lot of alcohols don't work well with my uh, digestive system or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. I will talk about one that does uh, work well and that I, I do quite enjoy. And I think it fits the island fe- uh, theme quite well here. So uh, <laughs> that's a pina colada. Um, hey, I was waiting pina- for someone to bring one on. <laughs> pina colada is coconut cream, pineapple juice, and rum. Uh, I love when those are blended. I really like blended drinks, especially alcoholic drinks that are blended. I'm all about that. Uh, and I thought that would fit well for if I'm on a desert island and I'm playing Super Metroid, uh, the one drink I want to have that's nice and hot outside is a pina colada. If I'm going to Hawaii, I'm going somewhere tropical, that's the kind of drink that I'm looking for. So that that would be the one I would submit here for us. I think that's our first proper cocktail that someone's brought, isn't it? It may well be. Someone's brought rum and coke Uh before, but that's about the closest we've had in the past. So that's. I I, I like rum and coke a lot, but I I was thinking, I was trying to think of something like, okay, what what drink do I like that I would get if I'm in this setting? And I think that Mm. would fit for me. Yeah, I appreciate the role play. Right on. uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you've you've given it some thought, and you get kudos points for that. Definitely. Um, We we now have to ask the question: Do you like getting caught in the rain? Uh, so, you know, if you, I think if you live in Vancouver and I've lived here my whole life, you're, you're used to getting caught in the rain and it's, it's, it's honestly a part of your daily life here. So, uh, if it's not, if it's not summertime, you can kind of expect rain at any moment. And I, yeah, I honestly don't, I don't mind getting caught in the rain. If it's, if it's not like, if I I know I'm making your joke question, like I'm giving you a very serious, thoughtful answer here, but, uh, uh, I actually really do like that. I I like that song too. Maybe I'll make that my desert Island song as well. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm not one of those guys who has to have an umbrella or wear a hood all the time. Like I, as long as it's not like absolutely pouring, then I'm okay with a little bit of rain all the time. That's okay. fine with me. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um, Excellent. And what no. what about your food choice, Jordan? Oh what you gosh, sounds it's, like you're a bit torn between. I, I'm, I'm very torn. Like I I don't I don't have something thematic for you like the drink I did, but it's more just what what can I, what can I still eat that I really like all the time, and something I maybe you guys would appreciate uh, being Brits is. Uh, although I'm going to mention something Scottish here, so I don't know about that. I don't know how that's going to go over. Um, is is it Lewis who's from Scotland? Is that right? It is Lewis. Yes. Yeah. yes. So maybe if he, if he were on, he would support me on this. Maybe. But um, something I had growing up, my grandparents on my mom's side were from Scotland, uh, and they immigrated to Canada. They brought my mom over when she was very young. Um, but something I would have in their house uh, very often for breakfast is uh, French toast made with Scotch bread, and. Ooh. The only place you can get Scotch bread nearby me is this British store where they sell like British candies and British pastries and stuff like that. But they every week they get a, a delivery of Scotch bread. Um, is Scotch bread a thing for you guys? Like, is that something you see, or is that it's not just bread, right? Like, I don't know if I don't, I'm. What I don't I'm saying know. I I might have to Google that or. 
it's, it's missus because like she's it. from Scotland. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we, we it, might call it something else, maybe. Yeah, that could be. It, it to me, it, it's it's very it's very light. It's got like a, a dark black crust on the top. Um, it's very kind of oval shaped at the top and then flat on the bottom. It kind of the bread slices are fairly long as well. Uh, to me, I guess this has always been a thing. I'm not saying a lot of people around here would know, but if you went to a British home store or a store selling British goods, I guess around me, you would find this Scottish bread. And so that that's what I uh, would like to have with my French toast. So my, my grandma would always make me French toast with this bread. And that's just like, now I buy that bread for myself just to make French toast. So to me, that's the kind of very specific thing I would want to have on the desert <laughs> island. Like I love French toast. I love ketchup. I know not a lot of people have French toast with ketchup, but that's what I would have. I would have Scottish bread, French toast with ketchup. So I'm, it'd be I'm the most obscure thing on the island. Swanning around with a pina colada in one hand <laughs> and a loaf, a full, a full it, loaf yeah. of the bread in the other. That's right. Not that's even right. sliced. Not cooked. Just a full loaf. Perfect. I would be yeah. so happy if that were my life. Like, <laughs> sounds so good. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have choice. to ask though. Because of the choice, ha- yes. what are your thoughts on haggis? Have you had haggis? Do oh, you like God. it? So I was listening to the last episode where Lewis brought up mm. haggis, and I'm like, I have never had it before, actually. Really? Um, it's never, yeah, we didn't, I mean, other than the Scotch bread, like, we didn't really have a lot of necessarily Scottish dishes. Like, we had, you know, we have shepherd's pie, and uh, my mm. grandma would make different soups and stuff, but it was pretty more uh, Canadian traditional foods, I guess they would make when mm-hmm. they came over here other than that. So yeah, no, no haggis for, for us. That's uh, I th- not I think something I ever, uh, I've never had before. Yeah. If you've got any sort of stomach problems, I think eating a stomach is probably the last thing you should do. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah. think that's right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm also not very adventurous in terms of foods. Like I, I like to eat the same thing all the time. And mm. I very rarely venture outside my comfort zone there, and Haggis is a step too far for me. I think. Yeah, it's it's I think funny. Most people you, feel the same. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned um, going to like a British sweet shop or just a, yeah, a British yeah. to a shop to get British foods because obviously we have certain shops in in Britain that that sell American foods, specifically right, right. sweets and candy, okay. right? And um, a lot of them sell American cereals. Yes. Um, and Canadian cereals because as in the candy section because legally they can't sell them as a breakfast food. Oh, is that right? That's hilarious. Such, I didn't know about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. so Too you'll go sugar to like them, yeah. yeah, exactly. You'll go to sweet shops specifically and they'll have like uh lucky charms and stuff because there's such yes, a high yes. sugar content they can't. But I never considered it the other way around that you would have shops to go to for for specifically British or or you know Irish Scottish yeah. Welsh food yeah so, so where you go for all your bland stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right so I mean and this is too salty I need to go to the British shop what's funny is that th- there aren't many of these shops like there th- there's only the one really that I know of and it's it's close to my parents house it's actually close to the the home I grew up in which is why I know about it I don't think a lot of people that if you've never been there, you would know where that is or where to go to get that stuff. Mm -hmm. But what is happening is in the larger supermarkets around me, you're also seeing more aisles or parts of aisles dedicated to British products. So, um, I'm, I can't really think of them, but you know, things, things like tea biscuits or, um, kind of just kind of crackers and biscuits and cookies that you wouldn't get 
unless it was specifically in a British aisle in your grocery store. Um, so you, you, I am starting to see a little bit more of that now where different aisles have different themes. Like you've got a theme of this aisle has all Indian foods and this aisle has all uh, Chinese foods. And then there's one that has a, a section for British goods as well. So we're getting a little bit more of that near me, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just tins of baked beans. Just <laughs> to the roof. Baked beans yeah. and Marmite. That's all there it is. <laughs> what is, what is That's... Marmite? I saw that on the shelf the other day too, I think. Really, oh, God, marmite yeah. is like a, uh, a a spread that I guess you'd put on toast or something. It's made of okay. yeast, primarily yes, yeast, yeast extract. It's, um, it's uh, it's very specifically like they have this whole their whole ad campaign revolves around the fact that you either love it or hate it. Okay. So if you get a chance, okay. I'd say try it because right. you you will be in one of those camps. Some people. You you do. There's no middle ground with marmite. Yeah. You either love it or you. Is that think related it's to Vegemite? Similar. I think it's, it's similar. similar. Yeah. Okay. I think it's similar. Uh, yeah, Vegemite might be the version. Australian, gotcha. Australian version. All right. Yeah. All right. So I got to I got to try Marmite and then uh, come back on with you guys and share my thoughts. I'm not I'm not going to go so far as to try Haggis. I'm sorry, Lewis, but uh, I, I could try a spread on toast because I, I do eat a fair bit of toast. Like it, it's a yeah, you it's can a try quick it on breakfast your thing. Bread. You know. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. You've you've solved all my problems here, guys. With the British, all the British products I'm seeing in stores now and my my Scotch bread usage. So that's good. I feel like uh, we've all learned so much from this podcast. It's been fantastic. Um, okay, so we've we've heard Jordan's choices. Mike, what are you thinking about these uh, choices and whether we should permit uh, Jordan's safe passage onto the island? I mean, I'm... Or put, or put him with Perry. Or put him with Perry, the, <laughs> in the one hold, person. In the holding pen. Oh, no. Is it the one person to not get no, a game we've, on? No, we've got, we've got two now. Perry's got company in there. He's got Grouchy Surge for company, who thought it was a good idea to bring Beavis and Butthead to the video game. <laughs> yes, of course. I saw yeah. that on, I saw that on the list, and I'm like, why? You really want to play this forever? Okay. <laughs> I think he was just trolling us. Yeah, yeah. I think like, he was. Get off. I think he was. Yeah. You gotta be. Um, Good fun. I'm I'm pretty happy with all of these. I mean, I'm not. Um, the one thing is the pina coladas. I, I don't hugely like coconut, but mm-hmm. I have had pina okay. coladas and I like it, so I'm happy to go with that. I'm so happy with the game choice actually that I have been searching on the eShop right now for any Metroid content, but there's nothing. Yeah, there's well, nothing it's on, it's on the um, it's yeah, on the, the Nintendo uh, Switch Online, Super Nintendo Online. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I got. Check that way. So yeah, I was just yeah, checking the That's where I've been playing it over the last right, few days. Okay. And, and it's nice because you've, you've got the rewind feature now if you need it in the save states. Like, it's the, it really is the best way to play this game, I think. And especially if you've got a Switch Lite console. I've been playing on my Switch Lite nonstop, and it's got the proper D-pad. It's such a good way to experience mm. this game. Ben, yeah. Ben, I saw you were playing on the... Uh, you've got your Super Nintendo controller, though. So that was that's even Absolutely. better, maybe, yeah. Completely. This feels like the absolute best way to play it. And I think, as so. you say, the the save states make such a difference for the quality of life because That's you, right. you don't you're not constantly in a state of peril looking for the next save room. You can yes. just go right. That'll do me for now. Hmm. Yeah, love it. No, I'm I'm totally up for that. I mean, like I said, I was it was always on the list, loving Metroidvanias and such. But um, mm. I was genuinely searching for it during this podcast to try and buy <laughs> it. So yeah. if if that isn't an endorsement, I don't know what is. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I like a pina colada. It's probably, you know, it's probably in my top 10 of cocktails, I would say. Mm. Um, and yeah, scotch bread. I, as I said, it's my... specifically scotch bread, French toast, though. It's not just the bread. Right. Like, I, I like the bread, but if it's not French toast, it's not quite the same for me. Yeah, I would. I'm, I'm open minded about that. I don't think I've ever rejected a food 
on this podcast. <laughs> so I'm not going to start now. Uh, and yeah, Super Metroid, you can't argue with, uh, you know, it is one of the best games of all time. Well, it's apparently yeah. the fourth best game of all time. So there you go. According to IGN. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to to accept you onto the island, Jordan. So Absolutely. welcome. Fantastic. Welcome. Thank you very much. Yeah, happy a little round of applause there, Mike. A little round of applause. We'll do very the Very happy one. to we'll be here. Beautiful. Yeah. No, um, it was a pleasure, Jordan. Really good. Yeah, again, no, absolutely. I mean, I think we could have like talked. We could, just talk. we could have talked forever about Metroid and and the other game, the RPGs and stuff like we were talking about earlier. So, um, yeah, let's do this again. Definitely. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to have you on. I know you got you do um, eShop Action Committee with uh, Don as well, don't you? That's and right. We've, that's we've right. had him yep. on before, actually, as well on mm-hmm. episode nine. I think we had him on. Um, and just listening to you guys talking about uh the endless <laughs> stream of games hitting the eShop. There's so many it's, yeah uh, <laughs> yeah no we'd love to we'd love to do uh something similar and just have a little breakdown and chat through some games with you at some point sure. in the future that'd be very cool yeah let's very make cool. that happen ben sounds great absolutely um so before we let you go is there anything else you want to uh plug or let people know where they can see you online yeah, sure. So, um, you know, of course, find my reviews on YouTube, NWR TV. That's our YouTube channel. Uh, I'm posting reviews pretty regularly. Um, the You can find me on Twitter at Riskman64, R-A-S-K-M-A-N-6-4. Uh, I, I always post links to my uh, my content, my, my written stuff and my videos, uh, but also just kind of talking about stuff I'm interested in, like the new Star Wars film coming out next week and uh, a bunch of the new games that are, uh, you know, some of the indie world games we saw today from the presentation. And, you know, who, who knows what's coming soon? I mean, there's a lot of 2020 that we don't know yet. So uh, it's always an mm. exciting time as we head uh, out of one year and into the next. We start thinking about our game of the year, uh, but also what's on the horizon. So uh, Game of the Decade. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good point. I don't even know oh. what that's going to be for me. It's so much so to think <laughs> yeah. about, but yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you met. Sorry, you mentioned uh, the Star Wars. Yeah, uh, coming out soon. Is that the one that's um, the day the the premiere of the trailer is going to be on Fortnite? That yes, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah. I thought well, the trade. They've already shown a trailer, but I think they're showing a, a, a never before. Uh, scene scene from the movie. I think there's they're showing right. like maybe a, a clip from the movie that wasn't in the trailers. They're showing that exclusively well, in Fortnite. So that's a, that's a pretty cool thing. Like Fortnite's been doing a lot of they're doing. They've been doing a lot they of really, cro- really effective cross promotion with different brands. Like they did uh, yeah. stuff with uh, Infinity War with having Thanos in the game. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's they really had smart. Batman. Yeah, yeah. Very very yeah. smart stuff. Clever stuff. Will will that be enough to make you download Fortnite though, Mike? <laughs> not a chance <laughs> not a chance damn it i thought we had you no. damn it all right uh, cool um okay mike um where can people find you online yeah uh you can find me online at kenny press f or hanging around the discord uh Excellent. which i don't know what the code is go to our twitter to find it because they don't make it easy <laughs> they don't yeah go to our pin tweet you'll find it there yeah um yes and you can find me at benji kong on twitter and you can find us at the switch island and all of our reviews and what have you are on the switch and yeah as i said at the top of the show if you really like what we do please do consider supporting us on patreon uh, from as little as two dollars a month and we will welcome you into our ample bosom we promise Andrew will be here next time to explain the benefits. 
<laughs> housekeeper, housekeeper Andrew. Housekeeper yes. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, once again, Jordan, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we will see you all on the next one. Bye bye. <laughs>